This is Daily Wager Extra. Here's Doug Kazarian. Welcome to a Daily Wager Extra podcast. I'm Doug Kazarian. We're taping this on Thursday, September 30th. We got the Bengals hosting the Jaguars tonight. John Murray's going to join us momentarily. Just want to discuss a few plays for the coming weekend. First things first, college football, Ole Miss and Alabama. My play, as is posted on ESPN.com's chalk section, is on Ole Miss team total. Uh, that's my favorite play for the uh, week. So um, good stuff on that. So I, I, uh, I, uh, thirty-three neighborhoods, so a thirty-two and a half. I, I, I highly recommend it. I think I think they're going to get their points now. Whether they can stop Alabama's dynamic offense, we'll see. I do like the fourteen and a half. I lean that. I definitely would grab them before I lay them. But my favorite play is the Rebels plus. Uh, excuse me, over 32 and a half. And we obviously got there with the Bama first quarter over under. That was fun. A lot of you uh, tailed me. So I was a, that always warms my heart when we can win money for the people. So I'm into that. Couple things for those who live in states with FanDuel and DraftKings, there are still some interesting baseball bets right now in the futures market. You can get Wander Franco at seven to one to win the American League Rookie of the Year. I was talking about it when it was 29 to one, but I highly recommend it. If uh, you can grab seven to one for Wander Franco, I think with what he's doing, he's you know chasing awards or chasing uh, milestones that like Frank Robinson, Griffey, and those kind of people. That's what he's being discussed with. So I really think when all is said and done, it's the most outstanding rookie, not the one who has the most games or the best stats. Randy Rosarena is the favorite, but Franco is special and he's young, and I think he's going to get the deference. So it's seven to one. I would grab that. Another person I really respect has Wheeler uh, as a live for the NL Cy Young after Max Scherzer got touched up yesterday by the Padres. So at 25 to 1, FanDuel still has some uh, some offerings there. 23 to 1, I believe, at DraftKings. So there's some, it's, it's like a three horse race right now in the MVP, excuse me, Cy Young for the National League. So I highly recommend getting in on that. Keep an eye on, uh, on Toronto today. Um, Robbie Ray's pitching, and if he gets touched up, we'll see about the American League Cy Young. I still think it's it's his, but it could open up a little bit, much like Max Scherzer getting touched up. So just a couple uh, things to be aware of and some opportunities there, but I think Franco 7-1 at this point is still worth the flyer. I bet Wheeler uh, as well this week. So a lot of good opportunities there in this final few days of the regular season, obviously the playoff and pennant stretches. So let's get to Mr. Executive Director. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Kicking is for losers. That is the mating call for one John Murray. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's very, very busy around here, but that's a great thing. It's, that's great. I mean, we're, we're right in the thick of, like, our busiest time of the whole year, and it's time to make hay around here at the Westgate. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, both football season's heating up. you got playoffs uh, around the corner in baseball. Really exciting time. Just sticking mm-hmm. with the NFL, kicking is for winners if you are the Baltimore Ravens. The Detroit Lions botched the end of that game, and then obviously Justin Tucker with a ridiculous field goal off the crossbar. Yeah, you know, I didn't see the I didn't see the end of the game. I, I obviously I saw the replay of the field goal. It's just absurd. 
But uh, yeah, how could he possibly make it from that far away? But but again, it's Justin Tucker. So is it even surprising? Like, what would you have made the price on him making that as he was lining up for the kick? Well, as a guy who had bet Lions live uh, when they had the ball <laughs> in the red zone, and I said, well, what, yeah. one first down and it's over. Even if they don't, you still have a limited passer in a ridiculous situation anyway. I just didn't bank on Dan Campbell calling a timeout when Ravens were out of timeouts, which I was okay with because you got a young defense. But rather than talk talk to the young defense and get them mentally prepared, he decided to go talk to the refs and yell at the refs about his guys trying hard and just completely didn't get his team ready. And then sure enough, Hollywood Brown gets behind them and a deep pass. Yeah. So it was Dan Campbell being an idiot. So I should have really Dan Campbell's that great. Up. That, that Lions team is fun. Dan Campbell, offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn, Jared Goff. That, that is a fun watch. I, I, I didn't see the end of the game because I, I was actually at Allegiant Stadium for the Dolphins against your Raiders. And the end of that game was fun, too, because they exchanged field goals. So it's tied. Next score wins. And the Raiders are all the way down there. And you keep wondering, are they going to just kick the field goal? And they kept running plays so that there would be no time left for Miami if somehow Carlson missed the field goal and the crowd's going wild, hoping that the Raiders will break it for a touchdown to cover the point spread. So that, that was very fun. And everyone's eyes are on the sideline. Are, is, is Carr going to come back out or is the kicking team going to come back out? Finally, they go into the victory formation. They kneel down and Carlson makes the field goal to win the game by three dolphins betters cover. And that was huge for the book. That was very fun to be, uh, to be at the stadium for that. Yeah, so a couple nice results for you guys. I was on the wrong one. I was on Jacksonville, and mm -hmm. they could not get there. They're they're redefining bad, but the book does get there with the Lions and the points, the Dolphins and the points, because that was a big, obviously, split there. I want to talk about these Jacksonville Jaguars, because I'm on the Bengals tonight. I think Jacksonville has issues with turnovers, and I just don't think that gets resolved on the first true road game of the season. I say true because you open on the road, but you're not coming off a previous game. The, you're planning for that opening opponent for a while. So it's the first kind of real road game, short week. I don't think those those sloppy issues get resolved on a short week. Yeah, and Jacksonville is a team, that they, from everything I've been told, I, I barely watched them play. But uh, everyone's just telling me Lawrence looks completely lost out there. Coaching staff uh, doesn't seem to be doing too well in the National Football League. Urban Meyer hasn't really worked himself into an NFL head coach yet. Is that a nice way of saying it? I mean, I, I remember watching them. Who did they play week one? Houston at Houston. Now. Houston, yeah. I, that was the only time I really watched them. I didn't have a chance to watch much of the Arizona game last week. But so far, not good. I, I do think this number it seems a little high, though. I mean, you talk about we had, we had this number as a two and a half on the look-ahead line. And the Bengals go out there and they beat whatever's left of the Steelers last week. And then, obviously, Jacksonville loses to Arizona. But now this number has gone all the way through three, through seven. Right now we've got the Bengals minus seven and a half. Probably your only chance of the year to use the Bengals in Survivor, DK, if that's uh, the route. I think some people will go down that road. I would imagine so. The people that have already used Buffalo, they might go down the road here of, of using the Bengals. Yeah, it's tempting to take the Bills. That's just the automatic uh, bingo square. But, you know, there are obviously going to be other top opportunities. And I think a lot of it depends on how big your pool is, right? If you're like 15 guys, then maybe you should just use Houston. Sorry, uh, Buffalo. Right, right. But if you're in a huge pool and you have multiple entries, maybe get cute a little bit. Because I do think Cincy's going to win the game. I am a little worried about the flat spot, blah, blah, blah. But 
ultimately, I think the Bengals are like a solid team. Like they're okay. And the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars are not. So, well, the Bengals are the Bengals are very explosive on offense. I mean, you got to give a you got they got some real uh, really good young players on that side of the ball. No T Higgins tonight for the Bengals, but I'm actually going to watch this game because I want to. This will be my first time really watching Trevor Lawrence play a full game in the NFL. I've watched bits and pieces of it, but I, I'm curious to see just how lost he looks out there because what I've seen around the league is some very very lost rookie quarterbacks. Uh, it's been ugly through three weeks. I mean, you're going to have a bunch of money line parlays and a bunch of teasers, I would imagine, oh, yeah. right? That, that's really all you're going to have in this game. You know, this is a game that if it was being played on, on, on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. local time, there'd be hardly any money on this game. Because it's in prime time, everybody will feel the need to force a bet out on the game, and they're doing exactly what you just said. They're going to start their money line parlays and start their teasers with the Bengals because it is a great teaser spot. You're going down to one and a half with a six-pointer, relatively low total. Yes, 46 is a low total in the modern NFL, <laughs> not the NFL that we grew up betting on. Right. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, well, let's say it's an average total. How about that? Uh, I think the Bengals are a very, very good teaser spot tonight, and I see a lot of people starting their teasers with the Bengals. Yeah, you know, every week you have a teaser or two that jumps out. There's a lot, and I put them in the ESPN.com chalk column. I just – you know, it's basically like open a bunch of teasers with the Bengals and they can give you opportunity to play out of and seeing how the market moves. But I mean, let's just get into those Sunday games that they're going to be heavy teasers, right? I imagine the Packers will be a heavy teaser against the Steelers. Oh, they definitely will. I mean, the green Bay is, is going to be one of the more one-sided games. Uh, we have this week, if not maybe this month, this year, you're talking about a, a green Bay team just had an incredible win on Sunday night football at San Francisco, uh, about as entertaining a game as you'll ever see, especially if you're like me and you get a kick out of the refs just botching everything. That that game was like a work of art for me, watching Jerome Boger just botch the entire game, both teams going back and forth. And then Pittsburgh, they lost to the Raiders two weeks ago, and they really got beat up last Sunday by the Bengals. We just talked about that game. Pittsburgh is getting healthy, though. They're bringing back a lot of people for this game. And even though the ticket count is like 12 to 1 on Green Bay, the numbers actually come down from 7 to Green Bay minus 6.5. Mm. So be careful there. Reverse usually line when, movement, huh? Yeah, usually when I see that, it, it opens my eyes a little bit. So you've got, you've got everybody in the world on Green Bay, and you see the market coming back down just a little bit. But from 7 to 6.5 is not a nothing move. It is worth noting. Seven is the second most common margin of victory in the NFL since the extra point moved back about a handful of years ago. So it's three, seven, then I believe it goes six, like 14 and 10, I think are the five. Not four. Four is not uh, that common since the yeah, extra point moved back. Four, but, not a, four not as what it was when we were young men, DK. Well, what happens is that once you get to the fourth quarter, because scoring is higher, as you alluded to with the over-under, with scoring higher – more teams are scoring in the fourth quarter than before, so once you get that fourth quarter score, teams are not kicking an extra point to go from five to four. They're only right. going from three to four, so that's why you're getting fewer four. And then the, the other team can just score again, and because of these refs that you mentioned from Sunday night, tend to let the team that's losing big come back. <laughs> you know, Marie, I've Oh, they do? I never, little... I never noticed that. I never <laughs> noticed that. They let, they let the team that's behind get a few calls to get back in the game? I never noticed. I always felt you were a little over the top with the refs and stuff like Sunday was the first time. I mean, look, I was on the I was on the Niners. Okay, <laughs> they had no business being in the game. Packers should have won no. by two touchdowns more. Like the third and thirteen pi, all this other stuff. 
I I mean, the right team won, but it was pretty that bad. That was the ultimate example. I mean, yes, of course, we exaggerate for laughs. And me and Ed Sammons have a lot of laughs about the refs here at the Superbook. But, but that game truly was like, this is what I'm talking about. Because it seemed like every play, well, how did the ref interpret that play, guys? Let's find out. And then uh, a very poor decision by LaFleur to kick a field goal to go up by six. You don't want to do that. And the Niners go down the field, score the touchdown. But then Green Bay comes back for the field goal. Just some incredible plays by Aaron Rodgers, reminding all of us how great he is. He was, he was exceptional in the fourth quarter of that game. It was very entertaining. And I, and I got a lot of laughs watching that second half. Well, I, I took a beating on the uh, live betting on that game because of the, some of the craziness. But that's okay. That That's such a volatile uh, world. We didn't do well. Uh, the book did not do well in that game. Let me tell you that much. Oh, Green yeah. Bay was a Public. very, very popular dog. They won the game outright, and the game went over the total. So, yes, that was a very poor Sunday night result for us, for sure. So the other big games that, as you like to say, will, you'll need for your lungs uh, in terms of sides. So it's definitely Green Bay. Um, Tampa Bay, it sounds like, right? You're going to need New England. Yeah, I don't know if you want to go chronologically. In the morning, for sure, we're going to need Philadelphia in a big way against Kansas City. But the big one will be the one you just touched on. We're going to need, we're going to need New England huge. Uh, all the money's on the Buccaneers. All the tickets are on the Buccaneers. And that's just going to continue as we push through the weekend, going into Sunday night football. The Buccaneers looked a little, uh, they looked beatable on Sunday against the Rams. I mean, I think the Rams showed that they're, they're right up there with Tampa Bay and the NFC and a possible play, playoff preview there. But uh, New England is nowhere at the level of these teams, and, and I can see why the public is all over the Bucks here. Although that number is pretty, pretty juicy. I mean, we saw some seven earlier in the week, and you can get seven right now, actually. So that, that that number does seem a little a little on the high side to me, but I know it's the books just preemptively guarding against what they know is coming an onslaught of Buccaneer money. So I see you're at six and a half. We're at six and a half right now. We we don't see that there's too much need to panic at the moment. Uh, we we still there's so much time between now and Sunday night that we don't we feel like we don't need to get out of whack too too much here. We we had this number more like four and a half five and a half. Really? And uh, the, the buildup into this game. I'm talking about like in the summer and in the first few weeks of the season. New England obviously had a poor performance last Sunday, losing at home to New Orleans. But we don't, we don't see too much of a need to go to seven at the moment. That doesn't mean that we won't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we're at seven. After we post those Sunday afternoon games, uh, you could definitely see seven around town for sure. So I thought it would go to seven and a half and then max out at that um, just because of the onset. So it sounds like, are you getting sharp money on the Patriots at seven? I think that when you, when you, when you put up seven minus one ten, New England plus seven minus one ten, you'll start to see sharper players get involved, but maybe they should be waiting. Maybe if they were a little bit more patient, they could get the number you're referring to on Sunday night. That's always like the cat and mouse game in these games. It's if if you move the number too quickly, the wise guys will just grab it now. And at the same time, if they were more patient, they could probably get a higher number by Sunday night. So it's 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 a game of cat and mouse. But there's just so much time between that the kickoff of that game and right now. There's no reason to panic yet. I know it's back to back road games, but Antonio Brown figures to return. And Mac Jones has looked very limited. I've been disappointed with what Josh McDaniels has been doing with sort of game planning. 
with the off with the rookie QB, but gosh, this just feels like Brady and the Bucks are going to be zeroing in on this game, and it's going to be a strong uh, strong effort from the Bucks. Yeah, but I think it's you got to keep in mind the Buccaneers were very lucky to win their opening game against Dallas. Uh, they were handled pretty well by the Rams last week. I know they won at home against Atlanta, but that's not really really too much to speak about. Well, that game was and, closer and very, than the score indicated. No, too. I know it was. Two interception returns for touchdowns in the fourth quarter by the Buccaneers. That was not the blowout the final score indicated. And you've got a lot of injuries in the Tampa Bay secondary. Does New England have the pieces to take advantage of those injuries? That's a separate conversation. Right. But Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is very banged up on, on defense. This team that's, that's on the field right now looks nothing like the team that manhandled Kansas City in the Super Bowl back in February. So we'll, we'll see what they look like on Sunday night. I got a lot of confidence in that Belichick fellow as well. So I, I wouldn't be in a rush to lay a huge number with the Buccaneers here. I think there's other places to go on the board. But I know what the book is going to need. We're going to need New England – one of our biggest Sunday night decisions of the year will, will be on Sunday. And I've said earlier in the week that there, there's a chance that this could be the highest handle Sunday night, Monday night double we see all year in Nevada, at least, because we've got really, really high profile games Sunday night and Monday night. Let's talk about the Monday nighter. Raiders are catching three and a half or three, mostly threes in the market. Mm-hmm. Underdogs in L.A. Now, the Raiders have been playing with fire a little bit, obviously down 14 nothing. Get a little boost by the uh, Jags. Excuse me, the Dolphins ca- calling a bizarre like hitch play in the end zone for the safety. That was right underneath me. That I mean, was come on. <laughs> and because you know I I had played Miami, and I just was like, what the hell are they doing? Like why? Even if that was the play call, just throw it over his head, or if he somehow throws it to you, just knock it to the ground. What a what a disastrous play that was. Uh, I did get a good laugh out of it, but terrible play by Miami. Right, so the Raiders obviously escaped there, although you know they were in control the second half. They yeah. really escaped yeah. the opener, and then things break their way with T.J. Watt getting hurt in the first quarter, and they and they just, Big mm-hmm. Ben just stunk. So, the, but my point is the win at you know Pittsburgh isn't as impressive as we thought at the time. So they're three and zero. Give them credit, but you know the Chargers have been almost more impressive at two and one, and I understand the line being three, three and a half feels a little hefty though. It feels like the line's right here. Yeah, and the Chargers, they played a pretty tough schedule, too. I mean, not not a real tough game against Washington, but they played Dallas, and then obviously last week they won at Kansas City. So they, they've had a tough road so far. They've been very impressive. I mean, winning at Kansas City has got to be one of the better wins any team in the league has posted this season. You're You're from L.A. You've got a better handle on this than I do. We're estimating 80% Raiders fans. At this game in Los Angeles on Monday night, I mean, what do you think of that number? Yeah, that's probably a good pull, maybe even higher. I mean, if I was a Raiders, if I was living in LA, I would go to this game for sure. Uh, the Chargers, being mm-hmm. from San Diego originally, there's just not much like LA embracing them. I think the I think the fringe fans have definitely taken taken on the Rams, yeah, more than like the Raiders rival. I just, you know, the Raiders left in '95, '94, '95. I'm not mistaken. So I would say like maybe more than 80%. So no home field advantage for, for the Chargers. I almost said San Diego. No home field advantage for the Chargers in this game is my point. Uh, we think the Chargers are about three, three and a half points better than the Raiders, but I don't want to take anything away from the Raiders. They've had a very impressive start to the season, really good play calling. I thought it was a little risky 
the way they were running the plays there at the end of overtime against Miami. But in a lot of ways, it's a tough spot for, for the Raiders. You know, they went to the East Coast. Then they come back. They play a 70-minute game against Miami. They've already had two overtime games against Baltimore and Miami. At some point, you think maybe this team will run out of gas a little bit. Uh, I do think it's a tough spot here, but I know that the crowd is going to be very much behind them in that game. And here in Nevada, that's going to be a huge handle Monday night game because you got two really good teams, the local team, and people are getting excited about the Raiders after this 3-0 start. Raiders have issues. Like, they're banged up on the offensive line. I really like their defensive front. And the, the speed, I, I think Gruden's doing a wonderful job utilizing speed. A lot, of t- a lot of times these OCs or these play callers don't know how to utilize the speed that they have. Um, they'll do, like, end arounds and things like this, but they, but they won't get them fully downfield and stretch the defense. Remember... The Raiders lost, so they beat the Chiefs a year ago in Kansas City, and they lost, um, I believe, at New England, and that was when Ruggs was out. So just Ruggs being out doesn't stretch the defense, and then they could focus on Waller. So just knowing how to utilize and how a defensive uh, coach will approach guarding the speed is such a crucial part of the offensive playing calling. So I think they've done a really nice job with Ruggs and others on that team that can stretch the D. It's been really enjoyable to watch, and Carr's like really comfortable out there and take, making it easy, as Dan Orlovsky says, we'll take the check down throws. And something we talked about during the betcast with the NFL Live crew and Orlovsky profiling that. So it's been awesome as a Raiders fan. I just, you know, you got to be realistic and practical with your team. For sure. And I, I agree with what you said about Gruden's play calling. Sometimes some of his in-game management decisions I question a little bit. And they did, they, they did sort of escape against a Miami team that was playing a backup quarterback that was on the road. Not a great performance by the Raiders in that game, but I don't want to take away anything from their start because it's been very impressive. So I would lean Chargers there, but how they botched the Cowboys game, I, maybe that's just inherent in the water there in the, that organization. There was a lot of uh, not to not to go too uh, too bitter ex you know old Redskins Cowboys rivalry fan here, but I I thought the Chargers really got the short end of that st- of the stick from the referees in that game. Talking about the Dallas uh, the Dallas L A Charger game, so uh, that that game could have easily gone either way, and then we'd be talking about a three and zero Chargers team here. You mentioned Chiefs Eagles. I was curious because Kansas City now two and twelve ATS in their last fourteen, dating back to last season, including the playoffs. Yeah. But the public keeps churning out on KC. Philly obviously looked oh, rough in the Monday night game. Short week. <laughs> they lead the NFL in penalties and penalties per yards yeah. and all that. I just I think Kansas City's played a really tough schedule and they're very close to being three and zero. I know you are what your record is. You're one and two, but they've played the like three potential playoff teams. I think this is just a giant talent gap here. I think KC gets right, but I'm not willing. I'm not ready to lay seven on the road either. We had opened this game five and a half on Sunday, last Sunday night. That's even after we saw Kansas City lose at home to the Chargers in that game I talked about. That's how, this is how bad Philadelphia looked on Monday night and how much of an onslaught of money is coming in on the Chiefs. That's what's made this number go from five and a half to seven, even off of a Kansas City loss. Philadelphia... Their defense looked terrible on Monday. I know Dallas, Dallas is very good. I'm not taking it away from the Cowboys. Dallas is a very good team. But their, Philadelphia's defense looked terrible. I don't know that Jalen Hurts is the long-term answer there, at quarterback for the Eagles. And, and the public, the onslaught of money we're seeing on KC, even though I think there's something like, what is it, 2-13 two and, two and 13 in their last 15 games against the spread, including the playoffs, something like that. But the, that's not deterring the public at all here. They're all over Kansas City. 
And Philadelphia is going to be a really big need for us in the morning. It'll be our biggest need in the morning uh, without question, although there is a lot of money on Tennessee against the Jets as well. Ooh, we'll get to that in a sec. But just really, does it surprise you that they're still on this team that's 2-12 and 12 ATS? Because I figure this is some of the same people have been betting it every week. No, it doesn't. Because It's a fair question. I know where you're coming from with that question. But the public bets on teams that score a lot of points. That's the number one thing they're looking for. High-powered offenses. They look at the line and they go, oh, geez, Kansas City is going to score a touchdown every time they get the ball. They'll have no problem covering seven points. That's how they bet. That's how they've always bet. So it doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't be in a rush to lay seven points on the road. I mean, I know I just badmouth the Eagles, but I, I do think that they're better than that. I, I thought that where we opened the game was a more appropriate line, uh, five, five and a half. I think seven's a little much, but it, it's hard to really get behind Philadelphia after what we saw after what we saw last on Monday night. And, and this is a big game for Kansas City. They can't afford to go yeah, one and the, three in well a division said. where the, Char- well where where the Raiders are three and zero and the Broncos are three and zero. And the Chargers are two and one, and the Chargers have a head-to-head win in Kansas City. Kansas City, I know it sounds crazy. We're talking about a game on October third, but I don't know that the Chiefs can really afford to lose this game. They're they're going to lose too much ground in that AFC West race. You mentioned Tennessee and the Jets. Feed me. Oh, I mean another barn burner there. I think it'll be fun. I like watching uh, the Jets. I like watching Zach Wilson <laughs> and the Jets. And the Jets struggle. We look. We did have a, a very respected player uh, at the Superbook in Colorado bet Jets plus eight, and the number went to seven and a half off his action. Now it's down to seven here at the Superbook. So the number has come down a little bit, but of course the public is all over the Titans. It's almost fifteen to one Titans bets. Everyone, everybody is going to be against the Jets every week until Zach Wilson and that offense show a pulse. That that's the truth. And you know that I was always a Sam Darnold apologist. I always thought he was stuck in a situation there that was just no one could succeed in with Adam Gaze at the, as the coach and no weapons. And now Darnold looks really good in Carolina. And this kid, Zach Wilson, looks like he's just, he's just in a situation that he can't control. And there's nothing he can do. And he looks lost out there. Tough, tough schedule for Zach Wilson, though. Like maybe like facing Denver defense, Belichick. Sure, at Denver, yeah. In yeah, Carolina, a, a little point. tough And Carolina's ask. good. Yeah, I mean, oh, I agree with that. Good point. You know, for his Rowan, first three games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I'm curious. The rookie of the year kind of index futures is really interesting because Mac Jones is your favorite four to one ish. I like Trevor Lawrence at ten to one because win loss record doesn't matter. Left. Yeah, win loss yeah. record doesn't matter, right? So. Unless you're like, you know, have like a great run and you're in the playoffs and whatever, which may happen to the Patriots. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't see it. I did at the beginning of the season, but whatever. I Because like last year, Herbert didn't win a bunch of games. We had really good numbers. So my point is this. Trevor Lawrence could figure things out. And if he is, in fact, this, you know, generational quarterback, he was coming out of high school. He was coming out of college. Like at some point, like it'll click enough that they'll either have garbage time or whatever. He's going like, to 10 to 1 for Trevor Lawrence is interesting. Well, last year, Justin Herbert was a slam dunk offensive rookie of the year. I mean, we all knew that just a few games into the season. This guy's clearly the best rookie. He's going to win rookie of the year. Nobody has uh, has asserted themselves like that this season. So it could make sense to go for a long shot, like a 10-to-1 on a guy with Lawrence's pedigree. Yeah, I mean, Jamar Chase is also among the favorites. It's give or take yeah. a few cents. Uh, he So that could be interesting with you know the five first-round quarterbacks. He's the guy who wins. That'd be a... Uh... That'd be pretty funny, but we're still in September. Remember, obviously the next game will be in October, but something to keep in mind. Okay.
Let's keep going through the card. We are uh, don't have a ton of time here. Lions only catching three. Big barn burner there, Lions and Bears. You know what's funny about this game? Everybody's on the Lions. I know. We've got Detroit plus three, minus 120. It's an extremely one-sided ticket count, almost 10 to one on the dog. So that could be music to the ears of the Chicago Bears fans out there. Very, very popular public dog, the Detroit Lions. This is our fifth year doing this show together, and I don't think I've ever said that that sentence. Have we ever Have we ever said the Lions are a popular public underdog? I don't think so. What's the take count? Ten or twelve to one? About ten to one. A little bit, a little shy of ten to one. It's important to remember we are talking on Thursday morning in Las Vegas. The majority of the bets are going to come in on the weekend, and the the, the splits will tighten. But right now, it's all Lions. Nobody wants to bet on the Chicago Bears minus the three points. Maybe you do, Doug. Um, no, I, I don't want to watch the game, so I don't want right. to bet it. I, okay. I think it's fascinating well, though. Do because... what I do. Just do what I do. Bet it and just put it to the side. It's Chicago's so such a way. punching bag right now. The quarterback Matt yeah. Nagy's got a word salad every time people ask him about Justin Fields. It's really just perplexing. Can't believe I was giving that guy some deference in terms of making the QB decision with Andy Dalton because I didn't think Fields was ready anyway. But Nagy, uh, my, you know, uh, my brother and I were talking this morning. My brother Peter, we were talking about Matt Mitchell Trubisky and how maybe that's a guy that teams should be targeting next off season because. If he could get to the postseason twice with Matt Nagy as his coach, maybe he's not that bad. Right. It's know. like the Ryan Tannehill that. corollary with uh, – <laughs> Yeah, maybe he's not that bad. Okay. All right. We'll see. I, I, I would just keep Trubisky in mind this offseason for desperate teams. And, hey, he took him to the playoffs two out of three years. So, uh, twice, yeah. It's not uh, his fault they missed. The field goal against Philadelphia, the wild card round a few years ago, was tipped at the line. Otherwise, Chicago probably goes to the divisional playoff, uh, Trubisky's rookie season. And the Bears were in that game with the with the Saints even last year. They just botched like the, the bomb and like some other plays because Drew Brees was worthless uh, last year in the playoffs. That is correct. Um, okay, Carolina Dallas. All right, Cowboys two and one. Big game at home against mm-hmm. these undefeated Panthers. We're going to learn a lot about both teams. Yeah, Carolina had a good uh, a good win on last Thursday against Houston, but a very costly win. McCaffrey got banged up. J.C. Horn got banged up. Carolina is going to come into this game down a couple key players. We'll see how they how they deal with those injuries. But the Panthers have been very impressive. They're extremely well coached. Darnold looks really good. He looks like a borderline Pro Bowl player. Dallas's offense has looked incredible through three weeks. So that, this looks like the centerpiece game in the morning. Uh, the best of the of the early slate for week four. And the action, it kind of shows that. It's a very, it's a well-bet game with a lot of money coming in on both sides. So there's not a lot to report in terms of like ticket counts or wise guy money. It's just a very good handle game with money both ways. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this game because I've been impressed with Dallas's defense. Micah Parsons actually leading the way. Is this really like a revamped defense, or are they just playing hard and like well a little bit in the beginning of the season? Like that's what I want to learn because this was an atrocious defense last year, even when Dak was healthy, right? Like obviously I can see the wheels coming off and the team be dispirited after they lose their starting quarterback and have to play guys like Danucci. But even when uh, Dak was playing, they were zero and five or whatever they were ATS. Uh, any any Houston Texans money line tickets? Uh, I don't. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. We What's got the price I on those. Look. Actually, uh, the biggest one. One guy's got two hundred bucks at nine to one. 
So uh, yeah, there, there's a, there are, there are a couple a uh, couple takers there. I'm gonna I'm just gonna use Buffalo in Survivor myself. Uh, I just I, I don't want to get cute this week. I just want to take like when would you like what are you saving Buffalo for if you don't use them here against Houston? Like, well, there's I, other I opportunities. Have... I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league. I know so that, but you I might just, need them I late just, in the I'm season just... when they're like. I mean, their division they should go six and zero in the division now. I mean, I wrote about Josh Allen mm. for MVP at ten to one because things that were baked into the odds are no longer the case. Like they're now minus 400 to win the division. That certainly wasn't the case going the season, but it looks like Miami True. and now New England has some quarterback issues, right? And that yeah. division no, doesn't Bumble's seem like a great team. They, they just don't seem that it's going to be that competitive anymore. So they're going to have plenty of opportunities in survivor. I, I know what you're saying, but we, uh, I think we're just going to go ahead and, and take the win here. They do play at the jets and then they play at home versus the jets week 18. But to your point, that game might not mean anything for them. New York Jets at Buffalo, Week 18. The Bills might have already clinched their playoff, their division, or maybe. Well, yeah, and most leagues might... are decided by then for survivor pools. I mean, there'll yeah. be a, a big so, upset here and there. We don't. We don't want to. We're not looking too far down the road. We'll go Bills there. That's about the only talking point I can come up with. Because honestly, I know we always talk about how the public loves the loves to play the favorites when the point spreads are this big. They they don't really get involved in the game, and and that'll be one of the least bet games of the week, because the, the point spread is just so large, sixteen and a half right now at the Superbook. No one's really getting involved in that game. I think it's got the fewest tickets of any game on the board. Two really interesting uh, NFC West games uh, in the afternoon slot: Arizona and the Rams. We're going to learn a lot about both teams. Uh, we we know plenty about the Rams. Arizona's this is kind of a measuring stick game for sure, and then also Seattle, San Francisco. I'm surprised the line's three. I thought it'd be should be two and a half. A lot of a lot of sharp bets on Arizona right when we opened this game at six and a half. Came in on the Cardinals. We're down to four and a half. I see where the I see where the people betting Arizona are coming from because it's a bad spot for the Rams. You know that was such a big game for them, beating the Buccaneers on Sunday afternoon last week. It's a letdown spot, but I, I just I'm a big believer in that Rams team. I think they're the best team in the NFC, and I'd be careful uh, I'd be careful loading up the gun to go against them right now. The other game, pretty split action here. Actually, a few more tickets on the dog, Seattle. You know, I, I don't think much of Seattle. I, I, don't, I, I don't. It's not a team I'm really too high on. And, and the 49ers now are, need a win after, after kind of blowing the, blowing the end of the game, the green, in a game that they trailed for much of the game. But they had it won, and then they, they coughed it up. I just I really like Seattle plus three. I think it's a great spot. I just really, really like Seattle. All right. Well, that's the, that's why you have this forum. You can yes, it's a ban- you can get- <laughs> bankroll bonanza. Uh, yeah. Also, Baltimore, Denver, really intriguing game. Yeah. We're going to learn a lot about the Broncos. They've had a really easy schedule, but they're three and OETS as well. Teddy Bridgewater, his numbers passing not not the game manager numbers that he's had in the past. Right, he's throwing the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. I like this Denver team in in a lot of ways little concerned in terms of, I mean, they're not going to be like a, they're not a dominant, dominant team, but they're, they're live in this division for sure. Um, and then the, oh, the Ravens are. off the big win. I think it's a tough spot for Baltimore. I like Denver here. Yeah. You've seen the favorite flip in this game from Baltimore minus one. Now Denver's minus one, even though about uh, two and a half to one ticket count on the Baltimore Ravens, the number is still flipped from one to one the other way. Interesting game. Should be a very well-bet game. 
I like to use the term, we're going to need a, a side for our lungs. We're going to need the Ravens for our lungs at the Superbook in Colorado at the Lodge Casino there in Blackhawk. Because the, the the public in Colorado is is firing on the Broncos, and the Broncos are three and zero against the spread. You can imagine how our numbers have been on Sundays at Superbook, Colorado. Oh, I'm not sure. Great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> is right. Yeah, not great. Not great. Um, okay, so we we sort of worked backwards. We did the Sunday and Monday night prime times first. We did the uh, afternoon games. And nothing of note in Cleveland, Minnesota, although I think it could be a really well-played game. I mean, Minnesota's obviously had the missed field goals and the botching of the mm-hmm. fir- first two games. Like, they obviously could have been 2-0 as much as they were 0-2, uh, and then they get the nice win, and then they got Cleveland at home here. Short short favorite for the, for, the, for the Brownies. A lot of money on Cleveland from both sharp guys and public players, and the number's gone from a pick up to Cleveland minus two. We saw some sharp guys lay one and a half earlier in the week here. So there, there definitely has been some – Noteworthy betting on the game. We've also seen the total go from 53 down to 51 and a half. So it is one of the more interesting games in the morning. Uh, certainly more talking points than a couple of these other games. Uh, but it won't be quite the centerpiece game. Dallas, Carolina, and and Philadelphia, Kansas City are going to be taking most of the betters' attention there in the morning. All right, good stuff. Let's get to the bonanza. Strong. Strong start. Not even quite strong. I Strong start for you, my friend. Out of the gates. <laughs> Undefeated. Uh, and yeah. you, you you upped it with the Dolphins plus four and a half. So just just a glorious performance yeah. with you in the suits at the Big Al. And uh, got a little hairy. Got a little hairy. Needed yeah. the fourth down touchdown by Jacoby Brissett. But you get there and uh, you're undefeated. Solid start for you, sir. You know, I really wanted the game to end in a tie because you know, you know how funny I think ties are. I, I think it's hilarious. And to have the game end in a tie when I'm getting points and I'm at the game, it probably would have been my favorite NFL game of all time to be there in person for a tie when I'm taking the points and I win my bet. How fantastic would that have been? But they did manage to stay within the number there. They, they, they scored the touchdown to go down by two. And I'm like, oh, please don't get the two-point conversion. And then, of course, they get it. And then we've got to go sit through overtime. And then, of course, the Raiders win the toss and they get the ball first. They held them to a field goal and they held them to a second field goal. Never in doubt. Miami really botched at the end of regulation. They kicked a field goal. They, they had all the makings of getting a touchdown well, there. What about, what about this forgotten play? So the well, Raiders kick me, a field in, goal. In overtime, excuse me. Oh, I, well, yeah, I agree with you. What about this forgotten play? Raiders kick a field goal to go up by three in overtime. And then Miami's got a fourth and 20. Mm. And that play was like right beneath us. And I'm okay, okay, well, they're obviously not going to get this, and the game's over. And Brissett completes it for a first down. And they go down the field and kick a field goal. It was a crazy game. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing for Aaron Rodgers to hit Devontae Adams, right, over the right. middle. Yeah. Crazy. But then with Brissett to convert a fourth and 20, uh, you, <laughs> you don't see that coming. No, I did not see that coming. All right, it goes without saying – you, my friend, are on the uh, tee box first. You have the honors. Yeah, I don't, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't like as much this week. I, I see one one side I, I do think is worth playing, uh, Indianapolis. You can get them plus Whoa. two and a half. <laughs> uh, our, our, our friends at Circa have that game. Uh, they're the only two and a half that I see in Nevada right now, unless I'm looking at this wrong. But I'm only going to do that one for a 1,000. I, I don't want to go too crazy with my fake dollars here. I'm going to go... 1100 to win 1000 on Colts plus two and a half 
which is available at Circa. I kind of like I kind of like the the Steelers, but I don't I don't want to lay minus one twenty. And to get the seven points, you've got to you've got to do minus one twenty. And, and you know me, it, it's hard enough to win at minus one ten in the NFL. If I could get a two and a half on the Bears, I would probably do that. But I'll, I'll wait and see if that pops. If the Bears two and a half presents itself here in the next few days, I, I would look to play there as well. But just for now, I'll go Colts two and a half. You're just all about fading the uh, the you're, or back in the ugly teams, fading the fading the popular side, if you will. I love it. I, I, I mean, if you can, if you can't get on board with a Colts team that's zero and three and whose quarterback can barely move, I mean, what, well, how, when when can you get on board with an NFL bet? Gosh. Okay. I I'm not a fan of this card. Uh, I do mm-hmm. like a couple things. I like Denver. I think it's a good spot for the Broncos. I'll lay the. Uh, I'll get pick. Pick minus oh five at our friends at WinBet. I'll do a dime there uh, on Denver pick minus oh five. Uh, I will. So we're looking at three minus twenty, right? Uh, for Seattle at a few places. So BetMGM, Caesars. No, you know what? South Point has plus three flat. You, oh, that's you can right. Take, you can they take only do Seattle tens. plus three. Seattle plus three minus one ten. Our, our buddies at the South Point. Okay, I'll do a dime on the Seahawks. Kind of a page out of your book, right? Taking teams that coming off losses and things like that. Um, Ugly loss for Seattle. And yeah. I do like teasers this week, and I, I do. I'm going to take Cincinnati tonight and tease it to uh, Kansas City. I think they get the win. I think it's a strong performance. From the Chiefs, and I'll do that for a dime as well. Okay. We've got to get back somehow. Another, another week is upon us, and, you know, next week is like – next week might be my favorite week of the year in sports because next week we've got football, but we've also got the baseball playoffs starting on Tuesday. So next week is going to be fantastic, but in the meantime, a good week coming up here. So not only do I have the Dodgers making a run for the World Series, and I'll be – interested in their games of course but nothing will keep me more obsessed in baseball than the postseason awards i am live in like all the markets nice i have otani oh, I got, I got at 25 those, uh, to 1 got, so we're good yeah. there that's nice. a nice payout but yeah. i'm actually well, gonna have a, my biggest payout is wander franco 29 to 1 to an al rookie of the year and he's well, making a late charge. That. Well, certainly uh, he's, he's now seven to one. You can get seven to one at FanDuel and DraftKings. I don't know. I, I've seen that. I don't understand that. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I, I think to me, Wander Franco should definitely win Rookie of the Year. I think I, if those I, listening I, I should be betting market. it. Those, uh, yeah, I well, talked I mean, about it earlier I, in the pod before you joined. I, I think seven to one is a good play. I'm with you. I'm a big Wander Franco fan. He's been a godsend for my fantasy baseball team. Ooh. That otherwise uh, hasn't been too good, but Wander Franco has been one of our bright spots, and I've got these Red Sox futures bets that I made way back at the start of the year. So I'm I'm hoping that they can somehow find their way into the into the wild card game, which I believe is Tuesday night, the fifth. Well, I will be rooting against you, maybe, because I have the Blue Jays at twenty eight to one just to win the pennant. So hopefully, mm-hmm. I need I need them to actually get in the playoffs. I believe that's how it works. They have to get into the playoffs for them to win the pennant. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna need a little magic the last few days, but yeah. So I, I need uh, I need some uh, Franco, and then I also have uh, your boy Juan Soto at a hundred to one to win the MVP. Oh, he's the he's the real National League MVP. Will they give him the award? I don't think so. But I I mean, call me call me a homer if you want. But I think Juan Soto is the real National League MVP, and of course Otani's the American League MVP. Come on, right? So who do you think should get it, uh, or who do you think will get it in the NL? <sighs> 
Not Bryce to tease. Harper, I guess. It could be Harper. I mean, it could be Harper. Bryce but Harper. He's the favorite right now. Yeah. He's the favorite. I don't think, I think it's going to be Soto, but I'd, I'd like to tell you, man. I think he should get. It. There's some baseball writers are saying like Soto's going to win it, and they talk to he their should. their colleagues. So I'm excited. Anyways, uh, I had to just do that little thing. I talked. I touched on some of these awards that are still up in some places uh, at the beginning of the pod, but that was before you jumped on. All right, my friend. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy. Stay hot here for the uh, bonanza for the uh, listeners. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Daily Wager Extra. I hope you guys are all appreciating uh, everything in one feed. So we got the daily weekdays, 10-minute podcasts, some fun stuff with props as well on game day, and then obviously the Daily Wager Extras. We're doing it Sunday night with Mackenzie Kramer, and then on Thursday um, here, it was sort of like a, a long extended look to the NFL weekend. Thanks for listening to Daily Wager Extra. Come back for new episodes six days a week, every week, wherever you get your podcast. 